bring you a special report. Westworld, Westworld, party time, excellent! <laughs> Hi, this is the illustrious Michael K. Easton. I'm Cliff Barnes. And I'm Seth slash Poobah slash Westworld aficionado. I thought it's talking Westworld with Seth Hardwick. Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> no, he just he doesn't know anything about the show he's talking about. He has to ask the experts. That's I'm true. the expert. <laughs> oh. oh my gosh, guys. The show was Big a episode. mother effing doozy. It, it really was. So we got a whole bunch to talk about, of course, like usual. But I want to, you know, some people haven't listened to us every episode. And I thought like I had, you know, a few people saying they were jumping in now. I'm like, okay, well. I don't know that we've clearly even said so. We just talk like people have heard everything we've ever said. You I just I mean? assume they did. <laughs> but I thought maybe let's go. I will. I will say that I don't know what's been blowing up on Facebook, but we're like all over Facebook right now, and it seems like um, sharing it to groups that people are liking it. So whatever we're doing, we must be doing something right. I guess. So we're gonna like restate some of. The theories we've had for a long, long time now. Or break it on down to basics. Yeah. So we got a big answer. You know, let's not bury. <laughs> let's not bury the lead here. So, Bernard. how high was your emotions when that happened? <laughs> yeah, and what Michael's speaking of is the fact that I said Bernard was a host a long time ago, and you know, what? what I just had a great aha moment when I was like watching that episode, and they're like. Yes, we're using a host as a human for demonstration purposes. And I was like, yes! <laughs> In your face. You don't know who's a host and who's not. So, oh, they really slammed it. They, they, they built up to this saying many times about, you know, you could see it coming, what was going to happen. But anyway, our theories, what, well, you know, what we've said is Bernard was going to be a host. You know, these images he's having of a child, though, the, the, the thing they have not said yet in the show that, I'm predicting is that he is in the, you know, form of, he looks like Arnold. And when we see, you know, when we see that room at the end, that's where Arnold was talking to Dolores in the past. Bernard is just a repeat of, you know, that Ford has made. Well, yeah, because when that was the room that I've been trying to figure out, I was like, was it old versus new? Because when they walked down mm. in the basement, I was like, there's that room. That's, that's it right there. I was like, aha. Right. I'll be saying that a lot this episode. <laughs> and we said, you know, like he, there, they say many times in this episode that, you know, I, 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 I don't see anything. This, this means, looks like nothing to me. And I, you know, we said that it was a way to tell when it's a host and a host can't see something that's going to mess with their programming. And we, you know, this is, you know, this is, this is how it was revealed. Um, the other thing that we've stick, stuck to that they haven't, necessarily revealed yet is the time frames there's different different time frames originally there was Ar arnold's time before the park opened that's when he's talking to Dolores in the basement in the black suit and there's excuse me there's will and logan's time when they show up and they basically according to will and you know the the company that logan's family ha has they end up saving the park you know they yeah Dallas. they're going to save the park and then we have the present, which is the man in black, and he's going through looking, going, looking for the maze. And that, on top of that theory, we're saying that the man in black is Will 30 years later. So, 
And then there's the timeline of the original incident. Right. And what we assume that that happens in the first timeline with Arnold, uh, but or in the early timeline with Will and Dolores. And, and Michael was once again proven wrong on there being another timeline. But I will say, <laughs> this is what do we do we consider this PG thirteen? Sure. Okay. Well, I'm just well because we're yeah, we're talking about a, yeah. a really right. graphic show. What's what's the name of the CEO that's running the company that is Bernard was sleeping with and talking to? Well, she's not running the company. Well, that's I Teresa mean, Cullen. Okay, Teresa. That bitch changes her clothes more than I know of anyone else during this show, and it really pisses me off because I'm sitting here watching and like I want to go back and rewatch this episode. Okay. <laughs> Well, well, just so you know, after last week, and I was going to say this later, you had brought up some theories about that, and I went back and tried to watch the show again uh, after many times watching it to look at all these clothes changes, and I still fall back to what I said. Like, it was just, I don't think that any of that mattered. But, I mean, like, she did it during this episode, too. I was like, she changed her clothes three or four times. Now, I got to go back. Like, I purposely want to go back and watch that episode just to see how many times she changes her clothes. Right. Okay, so anyway, this is episode seven. It was Trump Lie was the name of it. It's a French phrase, and it means to deceive the eye. It's a use of perspective to create... What was the name of that episode again? Trump Lie. Sounds very similar to something else, but we're not going to go political. So anyway, the use of perspective to create the illusion of depth in a two-dimensional work of art. By utilizing depth and suggesting that some objects in a work are closer and further away than others, artists are able to create a more realistic image, tricking the viewer into finding reality where none actually exists. Obviously, talking about tricking us into thinking Bernard was real. So, we're going to spoil this. We're going to talk about this episode. If you haven't seen episode 7 or any of the previous episodes, you're going to hear all about it. And we're not only are we going to spoil what happened and explain it for you, be careful because we're probably spoiling the future. We haven't seen it, but we have quite a few things figured out. So if you don't want to know anything beyond what you found out in this episode, don't listen. Because I ha- I'm pretty confident in some of the things we're going to say. Seth is the almighty Og. <laughs> I'm just saying. This is episode seven. 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 There's three more. Have you watched episode seven? Yes. Okay. He was stressing yesterday, but he did get to finally see it. Okay, so right at the start, we hear a piece composed by Claude Debussy, who it is called Reverie. And there was a lot of talk of the reveries that we heard about in the first episode that Ford was adding to the code to give these... Uh, hosts little gestures and things to make them seem even more real. The extra layers. And Reverie has been playing throughout this series and a lot of the times when Bernard is on screen. So we see him wake up like we have seen Maeve and Dolores wake up several episodes and it should, there's a hint right there. They've only shown hosts opening up. Um, so we see him wake up and he is there with it, his son. You know, Char- Charlie, I think his name, is that right? Yeah, he he's sitting there and he, he start, he's reading him Alice in Wonderland. And there's some discrepancy on whether it really is out of that book or whether it's from the movie I've heard. But he says, you know, he reads him as the Mad Hatter, which I equate as Ford. 
a reference to. If I had a world of my own, everything would be nonsense. Nothing would be what it is because everything would be what it isn't. And we think, you know, we see his son and his son starts to, basically we think this is when his son died. And like our theory of him being a remake of Arnold, this is when Arnold's son, Charlie, died. And Bernard just has this implanted memory of the same thing. So he's going through the same things that Arnold did. You know, he remembers his son died, but it, but it was really Arnold's son. Now this whole time, we've been thinking that Arnold or Ford created Bernard. What if Arnold created Bernard? Yeah, we in- we we kind of said that too. I, I, we're not we don't have a hundred percent positive on that because Arnold has had access to that room also, and those schematics. And he obviously was around when uh, Dolores was created, you know. So we don't know. Um. So we, you know, he wakes up in his bed finally after he dreams that Charlie dies, and then we go to see him with Hector, and Hector's naked. They're up in the lab, and he says, "And finally," and they've, he's asked this of a lot of hosts when he has been examining them. Have you ever questioned the nature of your reality? Well, there is just another sign pointing to, hey, you know, has he ever questioned the nature of his reality? Well, Hector had a run-in with a guest who talked about cars and carry-on luggage and things you could see on the screen. It X'd out the words that Hector shouldn't know. And then just, you know, Bernard runs some tests, shows him pictures of modern life, and makes sure that it doesn't look like anything, is the quote, you know, to Hector. So Hector's fine. He, Hector's only good for two things, and one is killing. <laughs> but it, he's he's fine. He's a, he's not got the virus or anything. He's unaffected by seeing or hearing about modern things. Um, and then an aide comes in and says that there's a priority request for Hector from management, which we don't find out till later what special project Hector is needed for. Um, and Bernard asks the aide if he's seen Elsie which we know Elsie got grabbed at the end of the last episode by someone. We don't know who. Um, and he, the aide tells him. Wyatt. <laughs> he always have like the weirdest person to think. <laughs> I don't think it was Wyatt. But, but uh, he, he asked the aide, and Elsie was listed as starting leave today in the system. So somebody's put it in the system that she's on leave, so they don't notice she's missing, which we know, you know, she's not. Something happened to her. And one thing we learned from this episode, I'm just going to go ahead and say it, is that whatever is going on with Elsie, whatever Elsie knew and was investigating, Ford knows. It's a fact. Oh, yeah. Ford knows it because we found out this episode that anything a host sees, Ford sees. He, they record everything. And I'll point out how we know that for sure, but it's just, it, it's a fact. So whatever's been going on with anyone around a host, basically, he, he knows it. Which I, I'm going to give one of those outlandish theories here at the end of this episode. Okay. Well, you've got a pile of them. So now for, you know, to explain more timeline, time frame stuff, now we go to the past. 30-odd years ago, we see Dolores and William. They're all- Which okay. this whole interaction pissed me off. Like, I was actually mad at the this, the episode for this because this whole scene, the way it plays out, and this could just be because I've, wa- I've been watching the show so diligently, but 
she seemed like a robot the whole entire time with her interactions with him. I don't know if that was purpose or subtly subtly layered, or this was like the first scene they shot together. Yeah, I don't know. But th- this whole time, this whole interaction me. between them two, it just seemed like... If it like, seemed a little robotic, she is a robot. Well, I realize that, but <laughs> up to this point, we've been giving her the benefit of the doubt. You of, think like, she's been she's getting, becoming more human-like, and this was a step back for you? Yes. Okay, I get it. So they're on the train with Lawrence. They're playing cards. And Lawrence says, you know, to Will, you made it. You made it further than Logan. Kind of like, he knows Logan's gone. I feel like at this point, Lawrence is, his job is to move you further on the quest to war. Man. You're on that path. So he, he's like, you made it further than Logan. Maybe you got an appetite for this life. Well, Will doesn't really. And they start passing heads mounted on spikes. And Lawrence says, that's go- we're in Ghost Nation territory. You know, uh, Level unlocked. Yeah, and those those uh, heads on spikes, those are folks who came calling without an invite. And Will notes that, you know, that's what we're doing. We're, we're coming here without an invite. So he's a little worried. Uh, now we skip back to the present. And Bernard... Bernard is... That's, the, that's time travel right there. Bernard is looking for Elsie, you know, on his iPad. And he, he can't locate her on the radar. He sees Teresa... Catches her in the hallway, is walking with her, and she's telling him, you know, Ford is bad. She's been trying to tell him. She says, she says, be prepared for corporate. She doesn't want him. She's saying, don't get caught up in this mess. You know, stop bothering QA, which is her department. And he just says, that's over. He says, that's over. How are you doing? He's just asking, her, how how are you? He's which up to this point, you're thinking that he's just doing that because. He knows what's going on, so he's trying to like you know smooth it over to figure yeah. out what's. It's kind of like he's done trying to convince her of anything, you know. And at the, this point, we're not sure why he's acting like that, or that he's just kept, she broke up with him. Well, but else he said that Teresa was the one giving him or transmitting the code out, right? So that would give him reason to just shut that completely. Yeah, he's not going to share any more information with her. But he's still is showing that he, you know, he care. He seems to care about her, you know. So next thing, you really are going. Why do we? When 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 he said, "Is this PG thirteen? We really opened up a real can of worms here. Yeah. So then we see her show up at Charlotte's room. She's the representative from Delos that outranks Teresa, and she opens the door completely naked. Real power move. You know, she basically acts like a guy in this scene. She walks over and straddles, sets down the couch, straddles her legs out, eating naked, just like... Her personality is all over the place from, like, one episode to the other. Like, for, uh, And I guess, I mean, she could have been acting like someone else. Well, she was acting very timid when she was with Sizemore at the at the bar the last episode, so that was an act. And since then, and since then she's shown her true self. She's she's the boss. She's the the young executive that you know alpha she's she's an alpha so she's got hector in there that was the special job that hector was pulled for because because charlotte's a, a logan these hosts are for they you know one purpose to entertain me and so hector's just like oh I'll bring your friend in you know whatever to please everybody well she just freezes him you know has him stop and then she 
sits down and starts talking. Now, did we see what she did to freeze him? That's what I was wondering. Because Ford, like, it's almost like he's telepathically linked to them where, did she say I don't. I don't remember. I don't remember. I think she just said something to him. I think whatever. I, she, they respond to voice commands, and yeah. I, I believe that she said something. Um, so she's talking about Ford is using half the park's resources to build whatever his narrative, narrative is. And she kind of confirms that they are, as we thought, they're trying, you know, we were talking about this last week, Cliff, they're trying to gain info to thwart him, you know, when he's leaving. You know, they don't want him take it, taking off and erasing everything. And she's, you know, she says, she bumps a cigarette from Teresa and says, I see why you took these up again. And the only thing I got from that is that they've known each other a, a long time. It's the only reason that would even need to be said. So as we get further in this episode, I kind of, I feel like someday we're going to find out more about Teresa and she's more than just this representative. Okay. Live or die. She's more than just who we see her as. Do you think she's related to Logan? I don't know. I don't know whether she, you know, we, we, we don't know who we're going to mention Juliet here in a minute, which was William's fiance and Logan's sister. And we've never seen her. And I don't know that this was her, but it could have been. We don't know. It's not her name, you know, but, and I don't really think it is, but I feel like she's going to be something and I'll tell you why later. But anyway, that's a, I don't, that's not a concrete theory, but. So she says, you know, talking about Dalos having a little research po- project that is their true priority, you know, what they want from this. You know, they want the intellectual property. They want the cutting-edge robotics, the tech, now, the code. This, this is why I said in our group Beyond Westworld, because there's that 1980-some TV show called Beyond Westworld where they had people out there in the world as hosts or robots or whatever trying to... Hashtag robots. Robots. <laughs> Not go-bots. <laughs> anyway, I, that's that's what that made me think of immediately because what the, if they could put these hosts out there and take over, you know... I mean, well... High-profile... Yeah, right. When, when we get in... We got more seasons of this show to come. Yeah. I think we're final le- season beyond Westworld. I think we're leaving uh, Westworld at some point. Yeah, there's, there's too much story there in this corporate structure. Yeah, and how they all yeah. I think we're out of here. Um, yeah. We got 35 years of raw information existing here in Westworld, and Ford has never allowed it to be shared. Um, that's why she needed Teresa to help secure this info. To get it, have it, the host take it out, like the stray, the woodcutter, has the transmitter, transmit it up to the satellite. That's why I think Orion, you know, had four stars instead of three because there's a satellite up there, you know. I mean, that was just a map for him to see, you know, to, that's why he was crawling so high, to transmit this information. And they've been get, collecting this information. Okay, Michael's looking like he's thinking hard. Go ahead. Well, because their conversation was like, she wanted to get the info out, but it was kind of weird where it sounded like she didn't know Teresa was transmitting this data out. I didn't know that, that. I thought that okay. was a plan all along. Okay. And she says, but she says, why, well, why, you know, she's like kind of quizzing Teresa. Do you know why we've had you do this? And Teresa's like, cause you're firing him. And she's like, no, no, we can't fire him. We, you know, he'll just erase everything. We have to persuade him to retire. 
you know, almost convince him that he's not, he can't handle the job anymore. And maybe they, they could, should take over basically. Cause he could just snap his fingers and get rid of everything. So. Then how would we build two or three more parks? Or I think they have much bigger, grander designs than that though, seriously. But that would, that would be great. I would love to see these parks of Roman world, medieval world or whatever. And you know, Jurassic Park. <laughs> you know, you know I, I would love to see that on the show, but I think their designs are so much bigger than that. Well, not only because they, like, I forget where it was said, who said it, whatever, but you could hunt animals that they've created and eat them. What? Yeah, that was... Who, where are you getting this? Because I don't think you're getting it from the show. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to go look that up, but there was someone talking about, or I read it somewhere, where they were saying you like you could like hunt the animals on the show, like the you can hunt the park, them, I'm sure, but you could eat them and like stuff like that. So it's like, well, they obviously have done, you know, the group that was with the woodcutter had an animal on the spit waiting for wood. I'm sure, and that was they've said everything is robotic except the flies, you know. So they. You know, yes, they can hunt animals. Maybe the robots can eat them. The the reason why I'm saying that is because they're saying these hosts are more human than... Yeah. And if that's the case, then from a corporation standpoint, you know, that's an endless food supply. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I am not... I'm. This show's so crazy, I'm not going to tell you that that is not true. Because, because I could see... So far, you can go out there and do whatever... Yeah. Why wouldn't you be able to go on a hunting trip, you know, with your, and you'd have to feed yourself as you were going. What are you going to eat? Kill the wild animal that you've always wanted to. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how far this technology has gone. I was, I do have an anecdote about fl- the flies okay. that Evan Rachel Wood had shared. Like they have fly wranglers and I'm sure you I saw heard, that, in that and that they actually freeze the flies. And they would put them on their face, and that she would just have to sit there until the fly thawed. And for so long after the fly would thaw, it it couldn't fly. It would just walk around on their face or whatever. So that's how they did that. And then after it flew flew away, she would like. <laughs> yeah, she didn't say that, did she? No. Okay, so I would. <laughs> so she says Charlotte tells her, "I like you. Well, not personally, but I like you for this job." And she said, the, the company doesn't have much interest in run, running a cowboy theme park. That's not what Rome is for. But to demonstrate just how dangerous Ford's creations can be, the gods are going to require a blood sacrifice, she says. Now, I felt that, that sounded pretty heavy, you know. And no, I don't think there's gods. I don't think this is like Cabin in the Woods. You know what? She said this to Teresa. And there was no hosts around, correct? No. Okay. Not correct. Okay. Do you want to hit that right now? Because at the end of the episode, Ford says this is a blood sacrifice because he has access to anything that was ever said in front of a host, and Hector is sitting right there. Okay. I just blew Michael's mind. Yeah. All right. I just was. Yeah. Keep going. Okay. Play play the fiddle. <laughs> Is that what it means when I'm right? I play the fiddle. <laughs> you play the fiddle. Okay. <laughs> I expect a sound drop right here. Okay. He's like, oh, okay, I have to do that. Okay. Um. So, 
they're going to try to, you know, make up something to make Ford's creations look dangerous. So, next scene, we see Maeve. She wakes up. She's starting like any other day, except now her bulk apperception is turned up to all the way. Her her senses are so strong. Everything is happening slightly in slower motion for her. And I feel I feel bad for Dolores because she has completely stole the show now. The front, you, you, Evan Rachel Wood, you're saying yeah. that she, where she was like the star, now it's, yeah, it's Tandy just, Newton is killing it. Everybody's geez. killing it. Ugh. But yeah, Maeve, Maeve, Tandy Newton's doing great. So Maeve is walking to work like she always does. But when she gets into the Mariposa, the music on the player piano is just playing a little slower because she's just ahead of everything. And it's kind of driving her crazy. She just agrees with me that that piano's had too much action and she's had enough. <laughs> so she just goes over and shuts the piano. She, it's, it's driving her crazy. Um, she's, uh, Clementine comes down. They kind of they have their morning talk. They always do. And she says, she hear, you know, she recognizes as the words are coming out of her mouth saying, you know, never open your mouth that wide unless somebody's paying you for it. She always says that line to Clementine. This time she can barely get through it because she's like, okay. I am just saying what they want me to say. You know. But we get to finally find out, you know, we get to hear more of that conversation when we hear Clementine saying what why she's there. Her backstory. Yeah, we we find out she has a family with a farm that they can't grow anything. And she's there making money. She hasn't planned on being there forever. She's wanting to get her family out of the desert and go someplace cold. Someday, the the someday we always hear about that never is going to happen for these hosts. Like the Bahamas, like Canada, yeah. If you it, like, like Canada, come on, it's like a call back to you guys this episode. Okay, yeah. So, um, so we hear someday. Nope, not going to happen. Definitely not going to happen for Clem. Um, here come the guys in the suits, and everybody freezes except. Maeve. That was a nice. They have no control over her anymore. She's smarter than everybody, and she's like, "Okay, wait, I don't have to freeze, but I, I better act like I freeze," (laughs) you know. And she hears him say, "Uh, "The one at the bar," you know. I don't know what she did. Whatever it was, must be serious. The one thing that I gotta say is there is always something sharp near her at all times. Something sharp. Yeah, she picks up a knife or something. (laughs) Like, and another one that scalpel, scalpel, like. Why are the guys in like full suits? I don't know. So they don't I, contaminate the area. I don't. I don't know because I, at one time I thought I'll get to something later that I that I thought was a reason, but obviously there's nothing there. Customers come. People come there and are fine. I would say most of the time they're wearing those suits because it's a bloody mess by the time they walk in there. You know that I think, and that's so that's just their uniform. But why they need these masks and stuff when they're showing up first thing in the morning, I don't know. But it's just, it's just a thing. Um, maybe it'll be explained. I, I don't think it's really anything. So then they take Clementine. They don't take Maeve. Um, at the time, we don't know why they would be taking Clementine of all people, you know, which I forgot to mention in the last scene. Well, this will explain to you why they take Clementine. In the last scene where we saw uh, Teresa and Charlotte sitting there, and they said, we need to make something up 
to look like things are not working right. Teresa looks over her shoulder at Hector sitting on the bed, and Charlotte says, no, no, not, nothing that obvious. Right, so that's why they're taking Clementine. They're going to take the, they're not going to take Hector, who's a killer anyway, and say, oh, this killer kills. Big surprise. We've trained him to do that. No, they're going to take Clementine, who is a lover. She doesn't hurt a, a anybody. You know, that's who they're going to make an example out of. So then we go to the past time frame. Dolores isn't even, they're on that train still. She isn't even sure what she's looking for. Why she even exists. She's getting all melodramatic, you know, thinking about who she is, but she isn't going back. That's all she knows. And William said, you know, he mentions that all I had as a kid were books. I'd wake up in those stories, you know. I'd want to find out what the stories mean. Guys, this is a big red flag telling you that we're right about him being the man in black because the man in black says he's read every page of this story but the last. He said that a few episodes ago. It's all about it being a story to him. So they're the same person. Believe it. So Dolores wants to live in the moment. He decides to confess to her that, you know, of Juliet. He's engaged to Juliet. Her father owns the company he works for. She's Logan's. And she, this is the whole scene that I'm talking about of the way that she plays off of him. It, it just felt more robotic, like she was progressing. Okay. Well, she shows some emotion here in a second. Cause, well, she says, yeah, Logan's sister. And he says, yeah, well, we're getting married when I leave. And he's like, I'm going to help you find this place, and then I'm going to go. And she leaves. Like, she's upset. You know, so and he chases her, and then it's like, boom. He's changing his mind. He's like, I love my life, but I see a life where I could truly be alive. And they just do the deed. You know, it's like a minute ago, he was like, I'm leaving after this. And then she runs off and he changes his, he flips the script. So I, I something in there. That, that's what I mean. Like, I feel like this whole interaction, it was more obvious that she was playing off the way she was supposed to, yeah, I, to progress the story. Yeah, we still, we still have wondered that, thought. wondered that some of the time, you know, is all she's doing is dragging him along on a, on a yeah. storyline. I don't know. We still don't think. I don't think so. But, She's but doing the dirty they're definitely them. selling that to us. There's a lot of things that are like, you know, for you video game players out there, there's a lot of things that they throw back to video games. If you look at, you know, finding an upgrade gun, getting uh, set on rails, they are literally on a train. And, and this is this is my problem. <laughs> I mean, these stories are like a video game. You are on rails. You are going where you're going. And there's going to be characters in there that are going to try to push you along the way. And there's also going to be, they even did an homage to, you remember playing Goldeneye? Yeah? yeah. Anybody that used to play Goldeneye, there, and this isn't all the only games that ever did this, you had a mission, you know, where you had somebody you had to escort. And Natalia in Goldeneye, it was like a terrible level where she would just walk around in front of you, you're in a fight, and you had to keep her alive. She could die by getting shot. And it's like, this is what the man in black has been having to go through with Teddy. He's like, okay, we need to go down this path, but Teddy wants to run in and get killed, and he's like, no, I, I need to keep you alive as I do this. It's an escort mission. And, you know, it's very, very purposefully given, you know, another video game trope. I just hope everybody is, is, I know everybody's not catching all this stuff. 
But if you are, it really enriches the story. I was like, because that kind of stuff is just, you know, adds so much. Enjoy the ride. Yeah, so that's why you listen to this. So then we're in the present. And we have Teresa and Charlotte. They've got their presentation for Bernard and Ford. And Charlotte is saying that the host malfunctions have begun since the updates with the reveries. Which, this scene with Anthony Hopkins, the look on his face. At the end. At the very end. There was so much acting in that look. Everyone should bow down and kiss his toes. When you, when you, when you look back at the episode knowing that he knew everything they were doing in this scene, he had already seen through Hector what their plan was. He's just there observing their stupid plan to try to foil him. You know, that's, it's definitely, you know, brings a lot to it. You're like, this guy has so much control and there, anything they do is not going to work. You know, so, so Teresa, Teresa says they found, which some of what they say is so close to true that yeah. they, are, you know, they really are not stupid people. They're using the true things that are happening. You know, she says they found things quite disturbing, you know, and they've got Clementine in the room with the tech and, guy. Go ahead. And that was a problem with this is they did it full bore where what's been really going on has been these small interactions that have caused these glitches, not this full bore. Right. People have been, you know, having revenge. They are saying, they're trying to say that Clementine, as an example, is having revenge against someone. She's having some sort of memory that comes with this new code and she's attacking, she's, you know, this person. And that's, we have seen that. What Walter did that, one of the milkmen, you know. He was going around killing people that had done him wrong in previous builds. And, you know, we, so there's truth to that, but it's not like they're saying. So anyway, she's at Clem's in the room with the tech guy and they do, they up get, update her to the previous build before the reveries. And that tech guy, you know, is standing there. She comes up with her line, not much of a rind on you. She like said to everybody and he whoops her. He, he, it is full domestic abuse. It's brutal. It's not like, like later when she fights him. It is a guy beating a woman. And, it, you know, there's there was some uproar online because people don't like to see that. Yeah, that made me queasy. Yeah. I, won't, I can handle a lot, but I didn't like that. And they all just stand there and watch because they're just so, so you know, some, some of them flinch a little bit. But I think uh, Teresa maybe does a little bit. The rest of them are just like stone cold watching. Um, Stubbs is there too, watching, by the way. So when we say that we thought he was with Elsie, this doesn't eliminate the chance that he took her and put her some, has her hold up somewhere, but he is there at that time and he says, freeze. He stops the guy from doing that. And we see he's hold, that guy's got like Clem in a headlock. And at that moment, we realize that the tech guy is also a host, which just warmed my heart so much. Yeah, so. So they reset her, Teresa says, and do it again with the new Reverie update. Because as a corporation, if all your employees are hosts, you don't have to pay them. Yeah, you want everybody to be hosts. I do. They are. Maybe, the, well, couldn't, couldn't this be one reason they want this technology so that when in the outside world, yeah. they can just have all these things do it? Why are these guys not doing everything? You know. So anyway, this time Clementine whoops him soundly. She's very strong. 
throwing him around the she room. She matrixes him. Yeah. Stubbs can't freeze her. He can't stop her. And ends up having to shoot her. Stubbs looked a little scared there. Yeah, so Teresa starts talking about how the new code, the hosts are remembering and retaliating. So, like we said, it's kind of true, but not. But they made this one up. Um, like we like I said, they use Clementine instead of Hector because she's the least violent. Bernard says says you know you mentioned a grudge you know like she had a grudge and Teresa says yes, and you know the be- behavior told you El- El- she's referring to Elsie. Behavior told you this. Elsie did tell him about Walter, you know. So she's using true statements to back it up. And Charlotte says, you know, they're they're gonna have to rebuild everything from the ground up for the next six months. And uh, they're they're gonna they're blaming Bernard. You know, he was in charge of all this, and they are assuming, I think, that he is gonna turn around and blame Ford. He's gonna lay this at Ford's feet, but he's not because he's Ford's host lackey. He's not ever going to turn around and blame Ford. He actually seems dumbfounded right there when that he gets fired. Yeah. So yeah, she fires him, and of course, like I said, Ford knew knew all of this. He sees everything through the hose. So now we're in the past, back on the train overnight. They wake up the next day. This train has been running a long way. How big's Westworld? That's a very good question. Okay, well, that was asked of the Nolans who create the show. And they said, you know, Jonathan Nolan was saying, you know, let's. The United States has spots that big that a train could run 500 square miles and not hit anything. You know, not run into anything. It would look just like that. We still have huge uh, areas that are unpopulated. He said, I'm not saying it's in the United States, but his point was that. And, and you don't know how much of it is real and how much of it could be like a virtual reality type loop. I don't. I, I think that's a iffy ground to get into. I don't think we're in virtual reality. Well, I just mean like transition spots. Like if there was areas that. Give me an example of when that's happened on the show yet, and then we can go down that road. Otherwise, don't convolute it. <laughs> okay. Well, let's, let's think in terms of being. Yeah. You, you can go in a circle. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's us. Awesome. You the dark ride. That thing, that sucker goes and it feels like you're going somewhere and then there's a slight turn which brings you right back almost to where you were. Just on the other side yeah. of the wall. You even go around the same loop a couple times. Right. I, I thought the same thing as I was going to say. We, well, that's what I was meaning. Like, while you're going past certain areas, it could be the same. Mm-hmm. It could be made to look like other, okay. you know, like you're traveling that's further. Weird. So, William tells Dolores that his, his life seems, his old life doesn't even seem real now. He is in love. I mean, he sucked it didn't take him long. More. He, he said, this place shows you who you really are. He loved leaving Logan behind. He's like, I really enjoyed that. <laughs> you know? And that's been like a key, like to this whole season is they're saying, basically we wear all these masks when we're out in the real world. And this is the only place that you can. Be real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what he's saying. You know, he's really changing, discovering who he is. He said, you know, this place, he said, shows you who you are. He says, he's sick of pretending he wants to live. And he tells her, you unlocked something in me. And she says, I'm not a key. I think that's going to come up 
that. Yeah. You know, whether when they get to the end of whatever they're doing or whenever, you know, the man in black in the future gets, you know, this is another thing I forgot to say as part of our theory. I believe that in the present timeline, she is also making this same loop because every time we see her finishing something or doing, arriving in Pariah or on the train, she's with William and them. And then we flash and see she's by herself. She's doing this more than once. So are we to assume that any time Teddy doesn't meet up with her, she goes on this loop? Because Teddy's what keeps her... Possibly. that I'd say Teddy ha- is what has kept her. And now that he is with the man in black, he is not stopping it. Yeah, He's, that's what this I mean. Is like what, yeah, yeah, I think that's absolutely it. Because Ford told Teddy, no, you're not ever going to be happy. Your job was always, because after she got off her loop early, and he's referring to with William, your job's, we made you, you showed up here, and you've kept her going to her farm every night and not doing this stuff. Well, now he's with the man in black, and she's off her loop in both times. So anyway, she says she's not a key. I feel like that's going to come up at some point. Um, that was a great line, though. And she's drawing. She's drawing this huge landscape. In charcoal, like it was ridiculously good. It's like, it's like, what's going on? Now, if we do recall in the early first episode, she was painting down by the water. So she is artistic in her programming anyway. And she says, you know, she like dreamt this. This is, you know, she thinks the way out is where the mountains meet the sea. And William's talking about how everyone comes for conflict and you're the opposite of that. You're not about conflict. And, you know, I don't, I don't want to. I'm not traveling this loop because I want to go to the war part. I just want to be with you. And, and she says, what do you dream of? Well, then the train stops because there's rocks on the track, and they get ambushed by the Confederados. And they've got a Gatling gun. They're mowing down the train. Door opens. Which that guy cannot work that Gatling gun near as well as Teddy can. <laughs> he was old. <laughs> <laughs> He's no Teddy. So they open up, slide open the car door. And out comes somebody riding on a horse, and it's Slim, the guy that's pumped full of explosive. And Lawrence shoots him, and huge explosion. There's no reference to any call for pyrotechnics. You know? No, there's not. So I don't know how that all works, but this is the past. You know, this, you know, where before the thing with Men in Black. It was back when they used real stuff. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> possibly. I don't know. So. Then we have a bunch of arrows come flying in from Ghost Nation, and those guys, you know, if you come out this direction, you're going to get attacked by these, what, Indians, I, you know, whatever, Native, I don't know who they are. I don't know what's going on. But you come out this far, you're going to get... like the, the um, service people, I guess. Yeah, the... Okay. I'm trying to think what you'd call them. The lab guys? Is that what you're the la- yeah, the lab guys. They're like, painted like them? They are kind of white. Because they're and all red white and, and they have red faces. You know, maybe they're modeling themselves after that. Yeah. Their god. They consider those guys their god. The lab technicians. Yeah. There we go. I'm a lab technician. They're not painted like me. <laughs> so they take off. Lawrence is basically like, you know, we need to get out of here because they're going to come after us if they, when they get done with them. So they go to the canyon from the picture she drew from her dream. And, you know, uh, 
Lawrence is like, you try, this was very game like. Lawrence is talking to William. He's like, you got a real knack for killing, you know. It's like, he wants him to go on to the war part. Come on, get pasa, come party with me. So, okay. so he's like, uh, <laughs> William's like, no. <laughs> William's like, no, we part ways here. So Lawrence says, well, okay, be careful and getting into unclaimed territory. And he's like, you know, what's out that way? He says, you're going to have to ask the dust. Ain't nothing ever come back from there. So wherever they're going, even Lawrence hasn't been that far. Now we're back to the present. Maeve got herself killed again, shot in the chest, so she can get back in the lab to check on Clementine. Felix take, takes her because she makes him. She's like, you're taking me. He's like, they'll see us. Which they saw. He's like, they'll see us. Well, they did see him, and then nobody seemed to care. They were standing in the hallway. Bernard walks right by him, goes in the room. Nobody cares that Felix and Maeve are just standing there in the hallway watching what's going on. So... Teresa and Maeve in the hallway watch as Sylvester stands there and drills out Clementine's hard drive in her nose. You know, and I was like, Maeve was just not happy watching him do that. So Sylvester sees her. I'm thinking, I could easily see her drilling out his hard drive someday. <laughs> but uh, there, Teresa's in there supervising. She wants to make sure that the fake code, along with everything else, is drilled out. They don't want any, you know, evidence left of what they did. And according to what the Nolans said in an interview, that they basically drilled out her personality. Clementine, as we know her, does not exist anymore. She's no longer that character. And if we see that actress again, which I'm, I feel that we will, she's going to be playing a different role. In so she's a blank slate. Yeah, now. she's not going to be. At the Mariposa, I would say. At least not acting like she did. So then, Bernard gets Teresa. He comes and gets her. He says he knows the test was a sham. It was obvious. He says he knows she was responsible for the stray, the transmission to the satellite, all that information he got from Elsie. And he says, 40 years ago, you know, Ford's partner wrote half the code, and he believes there is a connection between some hosts having memory and acting on it, you know, but what she did, did was going too far. She kind of apologizes for throwing him under the bus, but is saying she's got had good intentions. This is all for the greater good. You know, he's like, I, I know. I want to show you something. Then we go back to Maeve. Sylvester's apologizing. He had no choice. You know, Maeve's like, I don't want lobotomized like clone. So she tells Felix and Sylvester she wants to escape the whole place. She wants out of Westworld. She said, I was a survivor, but that's just another loop. And Sylvester says, everything is made to keep you here. And I think, you know, we're going to find out that it is not going to be so easy to get out of here. There's probably some sort of fail-safe in, in her that, that you can't leave. There's a reason why we have not seen the outside of this place. Well, the scope of the show would be too much for the first season, for one thing. I think we're going to eventually see outside of this place, probably next season. But it's like, I don't think it's going to be so easy as her walking out. Right now she's walking around, nobody seems to care what she's doing. I don't think she's just going to stroll out of Westworld however you get out of Westworld. Right. Anyway, he says, Sylvester says it's a suicide mission. And she said, I thought you guys were gods. 
Yeah. Like, like this whole yeah. scene right here was so good. Her expressions and the way she said all this, I will never do it justice, but she was she was saying, You guys in those uniforms, I thought you were gods. She said, You're just men and I know men. You think I'm scared to death? I've done a, done it a million times. I'm effing great at it. So how many times have you died? Basically, help me or die. She, this is happening. Yeah. She does not care. She's not. She just she's not afraid to. She's shrimp. not afraid to die. Are you? Because I'm going to kill you if you just don't help me. You know, if you don't want to die, let's do this. Now, since we assume Ford sees everything, do you feel that he is seeing this? I think no. I think that it could be, but I like to think that no. Once they have got glitched. He can't. I think that they, she is off track. He does not have any control over Mabe or have access to her. I don't know, you know, I, I meant to bring that up before, but that's a good question because that's, that's my theory. I feel like he would be shutting us down. Um, okay, this is going to add to my ridiculous theory at the end. But I, I think that, you know, probably Dolores, because she's glitched, and Maeve, or that's he doesn't pretty much see. how I'm leaning, just, just because of his whole, he has to be under Right, and right now, the fact that we found, we just found out that he sees everything, or the hosts are recording everything that aren't glitched, and he's seen it, and it all makes sense. There's no reason for him to have had to step in more than he has. I mean, he told, you know, he saw Teresa giving you know talking about some of this stuff to to Bernard and what you know a few episodes ago and what did what happened the next scene after she was complaining about Ford he 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 had her out at the agave plantation and said don't mess with me you know obviously he knew what was going on that's one warning right i you know he he saw through Bernard and boom so anyway, Bernard takes her, Teresa, to Sector 17, where Ford's robotic family supposedly lives, even though they weren't there at the time, because I assume Ford cleared them out of there for whatever, for what is about to happen. And Teresa's like, how was this hidden? And Bernard says, well, hosts are the ones that do the surveying out here. And they literally couldn't see it. Again, explaining what's going to happen to, you know, yeah. in a minute. He's saying hosts couldn't see it if they were staring right at it. And then she said, she goes, and this is all in one cut. They don't even cut this. He's walking. You see her standing there in front of the wall. There's no door. This is what he saw. And then he turns around and she said, what's this door? And he's like, what door? And he turns around and they have had to like slid the door, the wall out and replace the wall when he, when he, he goes to the other side of the room and comes back. Boom. It was awesome. And now there's a door there. You know, it, that's exactly what I have written right here, Michael. Boom. <laughs> and he said, you know, and this explains why last episode when we saw him in, come in that house, see the Ford's robotic family, and when Ford's dad was attacking him, because he can attack a host, by the way. Um, a host can attack a host. So we, we see, boom, Ford is standing right next to him. Because we see, you know, we were like, he just appeared there. It made no sense. Well, it makes a lot of sense when we were seeing it from Bernard's perspective, who could not see the door. So, 
They go into Ford and Arnold's private host-making lab. Go downstairs. We recognize it as where Arnold, according to my theory, or, you know. Bernard Arnold. Bernard Arnold, dressed all in black, 35 or 40 years ago, was, this is where he was down there talking to Dolores and reading her Alice in Wonderland after his child died and trying to get her to have consciousness and sending her out on the maze. This is where that happened. And she says, what is this place? And Bernard's like, it's a remote diagnostic facility that Ford and his partner used when the park was in beta. And he says, I didn't know it was here. But this does say the equipment is at least fairly new and that they could render a host in a few days here. And we see one on the table. They're making a host right there. And I know what Cliff's thinking. I know what, who who do you think that host is, Cliff? Well, it's obviously... They're going to replace her. You don't you think that? I disagree. I don't think so. But I don't see how it's not. I, I, I think that that is the obvious thing. So that's why I question it. And I have one other reason because of an interview that I'm going to tell you about in a minute. But Teresa finds sketches of schematics, how to make boy Robert, how to make Dolores, and then we see one that clearly looks like Bernard. We don't see the name down in the bottom corner, whether it says Bernard or Arnold, or I would jump out of my seat if it just said Bernard. <laughs> I don't think it matters what it says. It's obviously the schematics to build Bernard. And she says, "What? come look at this. And what do you see? And he says, it looks like nothing to me. And I got another boom written down right there. <laughs> And because that was her having to realize that. When we saw him not see the door, that was when we got to realize it. Right. But this is when she gets to realize it. And then it just comes over, washes over you. And then Ford is there right after that moment. And Again, where'd he come from? And was he like down there? Just the whole time? Who, he was probably, who knows? He could have been just waiting outside, followed him downstairs, you know. Because that's where he basically comes from the stairway. Uh, but anyway, he says they can't see the things that will hurt them. I spared them that. Li- their lives are blissful, no burden or self-doubt. And she's like, you're, you're a monster. He's like, you're the one that wanted to destroy them. You know, you're calling me a monster. You want to destroy them all and start over for the next six months. And Bernard's like, I don't understand. He just, he's like, he's having a little feedback here. He's not understanding what's going Shut on. down. And she, he says, the intimacies were your idea. You know, cause she, she's starting to realize, did you send him to sleep with me? And he's, he reminds her that no, it was your idea to sleep with Bernard. And he was probably glad to have the company, you know, <laughs> and. Bernard starts freaking out, and he says, I, I can't be. You know, I, he's realizing, I can't be a host. And he says, my wife, my son, and, and Ford freezes him. He's like, don't get worked up. Settle down now, boy. Yeah. And then he goes into this thing about peacocks and saying how human intellect was like peacock feathers, just a display to attract a mate, like doing works of art or building a great building. It all, all that matters was for the basis of reasons. He says, the hosts are the ones who are free. And then he said, the hosts are the ones who are free. And he follows that with, 
here under my control. <laughs> I'm like, is that Cliff? Is this basically was that Walt Disney's theories? Is that you know was? <laughs> no, we took a clear left turn from Walt Disney thirty-five. This is Walt Disney on acid. So Teresa's like, but he is not under your control. She's like in your face. He brought me here, you know, to, you know, expose you, basically. And he's like, I had him bring you. He's been faithful for many years. And she's like, but the board will. He says, they'll do nothing. Our arrangement's too valuable to them. There's nothing they can do about it. And he says, I think they even enjoy the sport of this. And this is where I'm saying I think there's something more to who she is. This is just a guess that I'm saying this. Because he says, they, the board even enjoys the sport of this because this time they sent you. Yeah. Who is she? Why is that? I mean, it's a, he's like saying, they sent this just to mess with me because of who you are. Is this his, like, I don't know. This, I think she's somebody. You, I'm writing this down on my pad of theories that she's going to turn out to have been somebody. Anyway, he says, what is going to happen is going to require a blood sacrifice, which is bringing the circle around, like I said, that he saw through Hector's recordings, what was going on behind the scenes. He said, I designed every, me and Arnold designed every inch of this place. Do you really think I would let you take it from me? You know, again, point out specifically her. And then she says, did you have Bernard kill Arnold? Which is a question I would have had after this episode. But but I tend to believe him. He says Bernard wasn't here in those days. You know, they kind of saying he created him after Arnold. She asked if he killed Arnold. He said no. So her cell phone won't work. He said he tells Bernard, "I'm afraid our guest has grown weary. Perhaps you can help her, Bernard." And Bernard just puts down the sketches, takes his jacket off. She's like, you know, freaking out. And I, I read an interview with Jeffrey Wright, and they were like, why, you know, you took your jacket off and stuff. He's like, he felt, you know, his, you know, they kind of give their own interpretation of things and, and are allowed to do things if they can explain why they would. And he, he was saying he took his jacket off because he would be 25% more efficient in killing her. <laughs> the jacket in the top. Yeah. I thought that was very, like, psycho. It's just mm. like... It added a lot more to the atmosphere oh, man. of. I was so uh, still like the creepy, prepping. still the creepiest part of the episode to me is when she walks through that door downstairs and he stands there and looks at that doorway, holding that lantern, just like this is so Hitchcockian, you know? Yeah. Just like you know, he's going to kill her down there, and it's and he doesn't even know it yet, you know? It's just wild. So he kills her while we see in the foreground the host being made. Which is definitely, I mean, man, it really does make it look like it's going to be her. You know, she's in the background getting killed and here's a brand new host. Which, I, I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong. But there was an interview with, that same interview with Jeffrey Wright. And he said it was, she had a deal for seven episodes. He could be lying. For one, you know, definitely he could be lying. But he made it sound like she's not going to be on the show anymore. I, I don't know whether I take that as any truth or not. I'm just telling you. I'm giving it to you in face value because my 
I was 100% saying that's just going to be her. Because otherwise, how are they going to explain her not being there? Does, you know. Well, they can already, they already explained Elsie away. Yeah, but she can only be on vacation for so long. And that, that lady definitely shouldn't be taking any vacations right now. So, so it does seem like they would have to have a replacement for her. So I could easily see that, that happening. I'm just, it's the one reason, just giving you the one reason why it could possibly not be it. Um, God, that's such a corporate excuse. Yeah. Just it's so, so stupid. <laughs> Don't, Don't ask, ask questions. This, this is the way it is. Yeah. We, we think you're dumb, dumb enough to believe this. So I, I think Ford has systematically eliminated everyone. Like we, the, the corporation, has these like people working or drones working for them. I feel like Ford has systematically wiped out every human person on. Yeah, everyone they send, them. he gets rid of them. He, well, he doesn't get rid of them. He just replaces them with yeah. a, a host. <laughs> well, that, that's that's what we're gonna find out. You know, it definitely makes you think. Okay, what? Well, who else is a host? We. From the beginning, they, the very first episode, they showed us Teddy. And they said, here's a guy coming to the park. And by the end, we found out he was a host. And they were saying, watch the show because some people are not going to be people. You know, they laid it right out to us from the beginning. So now it's really in our face. Like, we told you. And yeah, Kapow Podcast knew it. But did everybody? And I said from day one, I was like, everyone's a host. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Michael goes over the top. I refuse to believe that everyone is a host because there's well, no Teresa wasn't a host. There's no fun to that. <laughs> Who? A bunch of a bunch of him talking to all his lackeys. What? Where is the drama? You know, I hope Elsie isn't a host. I hope that Charlotte. Yeah. I mean, I I just don't I just don't get where the contention would be if you control everyone. And and certainly doesn't make very good television. Yeah. Besides the fact, you only have so many, so much culture in this show. And we're looking at, okay, we got Maeve as a host, as an African American. Bernard as a host. You know, I'm hoping this Charlotte isn't a host too. That's not, you know, doesn't look real great for the showrunners. You know, I don't think she is. And, but the, I just think there's, I, I don't, I don't see someone sticking out like a sore thumb as a host, except for, I've always said, I've said Stubbs, I think, is a host. But, however, Charlotte, like, again, I know Ford sees everything, but in that early episode when he was like, they've already sent someone and Teresa didn't know they already had, like, if Charlotte was a host, he would know that she was already there. Yeah, I, again. I'll throw that red herring out there. Well, Bernard calmly put back on his suit and tie, and Ford says, we should be getting back Bernard. We have a great deal of work to do on the new storylines. And this whole ex excavating and things, and he says he's creating all this new storylines, I think that is really going to be something. I mean, this whether that's the next season, it's a whole new thing, you know, as far as storylines that's going to involve these characters and new characters. I could totally see that. We may not be leaving the park next season. Or we may, but I'm just saying, I think it's not just, you know, something just keep keeping us busy. What's he doing over there? I think he really is creating something that they're going to use in the show. Um, and, you know, I feel like we've kind of answered, is he bad? He's bad. He's killing He's the people. puppet master. You know, he's kill having people killed. 
If he, if he, he may be doing it thinking he's saving these hosts and letting them have a place to live, but this isn't a life. But the corporate or the company isn't necessarily the good guy. Right. They're, oh, yeah, I've never felt that they were. Their intentions are not going to be pure. Right. So the talks with his wife were obviously fake, which I said that before. Is a, you know, it's just like a recording or it's another bot sitting on the other end of the line, you know. Um, I, I just have some notes here. I'm trying to make sure there was something I hadn't already said. Bernard has been telling Ford. Yeah, yeah, where he, he confronted Teresa after she told Bernard stuff. Who will the board have smuggle secrets now if they need anyone or now are they going to be using a bot Teresa you know that board controls um, again like I said he knows everything Elsie's been telling Bernard so maybe he has Elsie somewhere hold up um, what does Bernard in the first episode at the end of the first episode there was a moment where he, Bernard is putting Peter Abernathy Dolores' dad and Walter, the milkman, is putting him in cold storage and he whispers something in Peter's ear and the guy, the actor starts crying and stuff and it was awesome. He was great. But what's he whispering? What's he whispering, Michael? Be ready. At the time, we, you know, and for several episodes, we have thought Arnold, Arnold's in the ghost in the machine. Yeah. He's st still out there somewhere. We've heard him talking to people or that people think he, that's who's talking to him. We're, we're thinking he's also, you know, has something to do with Bernard, whether he's telling him what to do or whether Bernard knows it or not. But we kind of thought maybe this was him sending a message from Arnold or something. But my answer to that now is whatever he's saying to him, Ford sees it. Yeah. So it's not what that. You know, I don't know. But also, another clue to why Bernard's son was, it was Arnold's son, that this kid died 30-some years ago. Because early in the series, episode one, I think, Ford said, we can cure any disease at this point in technology. We can keep even the weakest of us alive. Perhaps one day will we even resurrect the dead. Call forth Lazarus from his grave. So this tech medicine happened after Charlie died. And was this something that they were originally working on when they, like, with the ideas of building this park of, you know, being able to do something like that? You know, is this the goal? You know, is this part of the goal, like you said, of the company? They could, you know, want to use these this technology for something good or at least tell themselves it's for good and, you know, we don't know. Anyway, why aren't there multiples of each host, and are there? Exactly. You know, Michael, you've said before, I think you think there are, but I haven't seen any reason to believe it. But what if somebody comes to the park? They're like they're like a big fan of Dolores. They want to they show up the park. I save my money all year, my forty thousand dollars. I'm going to the park and I'm going to visit Dolores. And I get there, and she's out on the loop with somebody else. How how do they? What do they do about that? Exactly. That's, that's just a that's, that's a normal theme park experience. Yeah, but yeah, Cliff's like, I've been there, and the Matterhorn <laughs> shut down. Right, right. right. So sometimes <laughs> things are under refurbished. I like that. that. I like that. 
<laughs> Next year. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think there are multiple hosts out there the same model. I think that that doesn't reflect. If you look at Ford as a as like an artist, these are his children. Or even Ford and Arnold, they're not going to make multiple. It just doesn't make sense. I I could I, I don't think we've seen it or had any clue that that's happening yet. Yeah. Right. That's a good point. That's a that's a really good point. They would just put another build another another Abernathy and put him in there. It's a good point. But I don't. I'm not saying that it couldn't happen in the future of this show. That it could start pumping them out. That would be a very corporate thing to do. Yeah. Uh, Bernard will have to deal with this at some point. I, I feel like at some point in the next little bit, he's going to realize what he did. Because right now he's kind of in I'm controlled by Ford mode, and maybe he won't. Maybe he'll just keep going along like nothing's going on, you know. He, but he, the lemming that he is, but he, you know, if he starts getting any. I was going to say, yeah. it depends yeah. if uh, Ford gave him the additional coding as well. Yeah, I don't know. So, if he can build these hosts in the basement, how many unregistered hosts are floating around? Episode 8, that's the next episode. It's called Trace Decay. And it says, Bernard struggles with a mandate. Maeve looks to change her script. And Teddy is jarred by dark memories. I, I even watched the preview since right after I watched the show the first time. I saw it, but I don't remember it. But I, I try not to cloud the future too much. But... As far as the season, how the season is going to wrap up, I, I don't know. I feel like the Man of Black is going to get to the end uh, of the maze, or you know, I'm I got air quotes going, and Dolores also in that time by herself is going to be there. Probably they'll both arrive at the same time, and they also in the past will both arrive there. You know, I think it's we're going to see two timelines converge at once. We're going to see where. Will and her were there, and Will and her in the future are there, you know. And I, how that resolves, I don't know. You know, I, I'm I'm glad I don't. I'm glad I can't just figure it out because I think it's going to be exciting. No, no. yeah. So I was just going to say they have they have announced they were they they've they've plotted for four, five, six seasons. But you still got to re get renewed every year, like Cliff's saying. It has to be hit, and it's not. Uh, it's the biggest. Um, doing the the best. It's doing better than Game of Thrones' first season was even doing. Well, that's what I've been saying along. If if we figured out all these puzzles, we think I think they're all going to be answered by the end of this season. And and Jimmy Simpson, the guy that plays William, says basically that everything they've done is somehow tied up. Everything you wanted to know and pointed to in this world that you hadn't really thought of till now is going to be wrapped up too. He's like, it's not going to be some huge cliffhanger, but it is going to be pointing to what's going to come next. And you're going to really be wanting to see that, you know, which I, I like, I, I enjoy things being wrapped up, <laughs> but I agree with Cliff. If they don't leave some meat on the bone, where are we going with this? I, I will say this. I have a lot of faith in the writers of this show because it is one of my favorite shows ever. That's one of the great things they have done. So, and go ahead. I can definitely testify that this is Seth's favorite show 
Because just as he has said how animated I get when I'm talking about conspiracy theories, I've never seen his eyes get so big the only and so anim- animated he's, he, when he's talking about this. I, I have a lot of shows I love. This is, this, but this is right up there with the best so far. As far as the first season, definitely one of the best first seasons ever. And, but I still, you know, at this point, I can't say it has eclipsed Breaking Bad for me, which is my all time favorite. That was going to be my next question. Okay. So, but I can't say that it won't eventually. Now, like you said, they announced second season is confirmed. They've been working on writing it already, but it's not coming out next year. So there's going to be a lot of cry. You thought 2016 was bad. At least I had Westworld. So 2017 is going to be terrible, but I'd rather them have the time than like they did. With this was the best, uh, I, this the best took three or four years, didn't it? Huh? Did this take like three to four years to get put together? This all oh, some of this was filmed years and you know, at least yeah. two or three years ago because they made the pilot and then they stopped and waited a year yeah. and then they filmed this stuff what we're watching. So really, two years since the original stuff they filmed. They, but the last thing they had. As big as this for first season was True Detective season one was huge. And then they turned around. It was such a big hit. And the guys at HBO said, we want that again next season. That was great. Big hit. Do it again. And they rushed it and it was terrible. And they don't want to do that again. So they're going to take the time to make sure that when it does come in 2018, it's going to be good that they gave it their best effort. Much like Westworld. That's right. That's right. They're going to have to do that. Never any good. And as far as... Next season, uh, according to Jonathan Nolan, he said he was just answering a few questions about it. But we find out more about host construction. We'll find out about their power source. Um, that's what they're going to get into in season two. So they're going to keep that mysterious for now in this season. And that they're closer to biological than they are mechanical. But they don't suffer brain death the same way we do. They're largely indistinguishable from human human beings. But this is the thing that stuck out to me right here. They, their brains do not require oxygen. They do not require oxygen. So when you were saying, why do these guys wear these outfits? I, at one point I was like, maybe they, you know, can't breathe in Westworld. Maybe it's on Mars. Ooh, you know. That's what I was going to say. How crazy would you go? Like, it's like on a space station yeah. somewhere. Well, you know, they, who, I think we have no information to go there, even though I'd like to. You know, but like you're saying, they, they could a purpose of using these hosts outside of this world to go terraform Mars, to go, you know, who, the sky's the limit, literally. I don't know. It's crazy. I love the show. We still have three episodes left. So. Yeah, because at one point in the show, one of the episodes, there was a mention of a, of like an orbital launch or something like that. It's just an offhanded remark. I think Elsie said. Hmm. Can I get my outlandish theory now? Please. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> All right, here's my outlandish theory. What if Arnold created Ford or somehow Ford died and created Arnold created Ford because it was his best friend and once he achieved the ultimate enlightenment uh code for Ford, Ford rebelled against him, and 
Arnold is actually alive in the park, hiding from Ford, and uh, Ford is (laughs) (laughs) and Ford. To this point, all these years have gone on, and there's just no way for Arnold to get out of this park because. You know, Ford you controls think, everything. Do you think Arnold's going to come out and it's going to be an old, decrepit Jeffrey Wright? I don't know, but I'm, but, I'm but th- to this point, this is the reason why he's adding these codes to these other hosts is that he's bored. He wants to have other people be like him. And that's why he's adding this extra layer to them to get them to unlock their potential to achieve that same level that Ford is at. So he can be among his people. Because he obviously loves these hosts more when than he loves anything else. I, I long for the day when you are among your people. <laughs> <laughs> nanu, nanu. <laughs> Does this theory sound like something he watched on Netflix? Yeah, this is a, this is one of those direct to, uh, streaming. Uh, you watch at the very end of this, I'm a laugh when Ford takes off his face or he does some code in it, like, and there's that robot underneath it from generation. <laughs> Hashtag robot. Generation one. Yeah. Oh, I. Yeah. I mean, what, I, I. I just feel like that would be like watching the The Walking Dead without people. Yeah. There's just zombies running around. But that's, that is a good point. I, I, that's why I was like, there's nothing, no contempt. I'm, I'm not. Well, I know I've I've said that there's no humans, but yeah, I, yeah, think, I was like, don't say I'm not saying because you are. You keep saying they're all freaking hosts. Well, that's mostly a joke. But the, the puzzle piece is, I feel like that's the big thing is who is a host and who is not. And I feel at the very end of this, you'll find out that Ford oh, okay. is the grand. If you say of them yeah, all. if he does turn out to be a, I mean that. Honestly, that would probably be the least surprising one to me of all of them. And there's so many of them that I'm just like, I, I don't know who is a host and who isn't. I have reasons to to think that who who I think is human is human, and you know who I know is a host is a host. And as far as him, he would be the first one I would say could possibly have lengthened his life by building his uh, you know transferring his consciousness to a robot, and you know that would make sense. He would be the one who was advanced enough to do it. So yes, and and it's kind of what I'm saying is what Arnold possibly has inserted himself a little bit in Bernard, you know, or at least in the machine, you know. So who created who? Okay, <laughs> we're gonna wrap this up because people got lives. Yeah. As always, I'm the illustrious Michael K. Easton. I'm Cliff Barnes, and I'm Seth. This was Westworld.